being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a four-barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. The Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four-barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing would be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, lines open, 303-477-5600. Don't forget the text line as well, 307 282 If you're listening to a replay show, by the way, thank you very much for that as well. Myself, Jeff Kitty, who's with us, who's our transmission expert, by the way. So if you have a transmission question, especially today, please call us, 303-477-5600. Question of the day, driving courtesies that we have forgotten or never been taught and we had mark from black forest give us one of those a moment ago eric you're up next go ahead sir all right so a couple things uh regarding the question of the day all of them i think we have forgotten every single driving courtesy out there yeah and have gotten like mark said even in some cases we get we get so courteous quote unquote that we now obstruct traffic eric well, yeah, that too, but it's, it's getting to the point of where everybody is so self-absorbed behind the wheel that they just... Well, they're clueless, Eric. Most of them, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm just being honest, they're just clueless. The only nice, that's, yeah, that's the only nice way to put it. I, I just, yeah, I can't, I can't describe it any stuff. other way. They're, I, I, I watch yeah. people as they drive. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I put a lot of miles on, not like you, but you know, probably more than most, though, and... As I look around and see the people driving around me, it's just, I, I don't know how you get from A to B. Uh, you, you know, it's... I just shake my head I, some I, days, I Eric. Yeah, I, I really do, too. Um, regarding our roads, so in the last couple of weeks, I have made uh, literally in one in one case, I could spit across the border into Canada. I was that close. Okay. Uh, and Wyoming, beautiful perfectly smooth roads, even the areas that they are great, that they are in the process of milling and fixing are smoother than most of the roads in Colorado. And, and even some of the rural roads in Montana, which are on the reservation, so state, yeah, they don't do as great of a job, are still smoother than what we deal with down here. And I think it's funny, Nebraska is in the middle of a 20-year project to completely redo I-80 border to border, and I find it funny that one of the stretches they are redoing now is, I didn't think it was rough, but apparently they're redoing it. Wow. That includes bridges, too. Yeah, so, and we, and we know, are but, lucky to get anything done here, Eric, as you know. Yeah, we, we just fix our roads, and then six months later, the repair fails. Yep. Well, I've talked about this during the week, you know, plenty. It's because we really have no one at the helm that, A, understands what's going on when it comes to that end of things. It's underfunded, even though they spend money the way they should. It's still underfunded when it's all said and done, Eric. And until we change some of that as a state and we direct some funds accordingly and mandate things get done 
correctly on roadways, not bike lanes and walkways and so on, but actual roadways, it's not going to change. No. Well, you know, one of the things is everybody will say, oh, the trucks are the problem, the trucks are the problem. No. But yet you drive I-80 across Nebraska, Wyoming, uh, uh, Utah, or 90 across South Dakota, Wyoming, and Montana, all of which have three to four times the amount of truck traffic of I-70 and I-76 in Colorado. Yep. And those roads are in significantly better shape. So it's... It, Sorry, that, that dog don't hunt. Yeah, I, I don't uh, agree with that one either. It, it's it's just a simple fact, Eric, that in Colorado, we just don't spend enough money in the areas needed. It's that simple. Yeah. Well, we have a history major for for a CDOT director. And, uh, and we, we have somebody, a CDOT director, that was a favor to a friend of the Obamas. That's who we have as yep. the uh, CDOT yeah. director. Yeah, she was about to be fired. Sorry, I'm just being honest. Job. And we had somebody that well, yeah. ran a, you know, that helped run, not ran, but helped run a Department of Transportation. Actually, did ran, did run for a short time. Uh, a, you know, a state that is uh, the size of Denver. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and and was about to be fired from that job. Correct. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I suggest people look up the Glendale. Uh, I think it's the Glendale Chronicle. Did a wonderful piece about her. I have no respect ago. for the head of our C dot here in Colorado, uh, Eric. I, I have less respect, yeah. of course, for for her than I do our governor because he's the one that appointed her. So if you really want to go down to it, get to the brass tacks of it, go yeah. blame go blame Polis. Yeah, exactly. So here's my question: I am getting an intermittent E zero four four eight code. Um, when I scan it, it comes up as an EVAP uh, control solenoid short circuit. Okay. Uh, did some research. I've been. I've spent four hours this morning doing research, and there's a TSB for this, which shows replacing a whole bunch of parts. And I crawled under, froze to death, and crawled under my truck and found out that oh, my truck came from the factory uh, in compliance with this TSB. Um, I mean, my truck's a 15, and the TSB came out in 2020, but I'm already in compliance with it. So according to Nissan, it can be the solenoid. Could be the EVAP canister, or it could be the gas cap. Where do I start? Well, that's a good question. I mean, gas cap's easy. So that's easy and cheap. Just make sure you get a high quality gas cap. That's one one way to start. But if it's coming back as being more of an electrical fault, that I would probably go that direction more so than something mechanical. So it's probably the, it's probably the solenoid or the wiring too. Yeah. The sh- the short part of it is the questionable, because normally if a solenoid shorts out, it's shorted out. It's not intermittent. Yeah, because I can clear the code and drive anywhere from five to a hundred miles, and before it comes back on, and it's always the same, and it always says the exact same thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, on that, I, j- I hate EVAP. Well, I do, too. It's You're, you're not going to get away uh, yeah. from it, unfortunately. But, but and, and some systems work better than others. Yeah. So, you know, frankly, Eric, there are some that you rarely, rarely, if ever, have any issues with. There are other vehicles where it's a constant battle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and like, I'm at 170000 and this is just happening. And uh, the suggestion from the the service advisor at Nissan was, he said, if you can swing costs, he's replaced all three parts, 
the unfortunate thing is, like an OEM EVAP canister is on national back order with Nissan since December. Of course. Uh, but I can go, I can get a new one from uh, either Rock Auto or Napa. Um, so I, I might go that route. The solenoid is uh, available no matter, you know, from everybody. Right. If I do that, I'll probably just go OEM for the solenoid, just just as, uh, for the for giggles. Uh, I would if you could. Yes, I think I'd do the solenoid first. Well, and I have to pull the EVAP canister in order to get to the solenoid. Um, it, it's bolted to the top of it because of the way they're. Uh, at that point, you might as well put a canister in it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not part of the canister. No, not in that car. I think it's no. Separate. It's removable from yeah. it. Yeah, it's so, all right, I think I'll go that route. Hey, one final comment. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have talked about the auto show last week. No, not well. Just a, briefly a little bit in the first hour. My son went, and it was less than impressive this year. Let's just say that. And, and by it, the way, yeah, Eric, it, as you know, it's been declining uh, literally since probably 2018. It wasn't a great year in 18 or 19. They didn't have it 20 and 21. Last year was outdoors, and then we had this one. And no, it's not going up. Let's just say that. Yeah, there was. I, I was surprised there was only eight manufacturers there, um, and and even the manufacturers that were there didn't have everything. I mean, GM only had Chevy, right? No, Buick, no GMC, no, GMC, no That's Caddy. Right. That's right. Yeah, no Buick, GMC, or Caddy. Toyota and Lexus had everything. Nissan and Infiniti had everything. Uh, Honda was there. Audi had a little bit, but you know, no Jag, no Land Rover, no BMW, no Mercedes. Right. Uh, you know. Oh, you know, there was so much that wasn't there. No suit. I was surprised if Subaru's got a couple of new models coming out. And a lot of that, you know, a lot of folks would go there. back and blame, you know, the you know the CADA and, you know, Tim Jackson, who's no longer there. And a lot of folks would blame, you know, Tim. And I will just tell you right up, you know, straight up, you know, Tim, I feel, did a really great job in that role for the number of years that he was there. I knew him long before that when he was in charge of NFIB here in Colorado. And, Tim, and Tim's a great guy. I've got a lot of respect for the man. You know, why his departing? I have no comment, no in, internal knowledge of what happened there. I do know that Tim did a good job for a number of years with the auto show. And the, the, just the reality of it is we are a small show, have been one of the smallest shows in the country. We are not a high priority to the manufacturers themselves. Why that is, Eric, I cannot answer other than the fact that just shows like L.A., Detroit, Chicago, Miami, New York, they're just all bigger and better shows, and we are a very small player in that world. Yeah, and that's unfortunate. It, it is. Really is it know? is. I agree. Now, yeah. could that be changed? I, I, mean, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know how, Eric. That, I guess even if I was in charge yeah. of CADA, how would you change that? I don't know. I, I think the only way to do it would be to really start hammering, as soon as this year's show ended, would be to really start hitting the manufacturers to, to say, hey, you know, look, we are a big market. We're a growing market. Right. Well, let me add to this, Mark. Let me add to this, Eric, really quick. I think the only other way, personally, that I could see getting some momentum behind a new type of show would be as we talk through, you know, potentially Mile High Stadium and the Waltons moving it. You talk about Bandemir now and what's happened there. If you could build an entire new sports complex that involved everything from football to NHRA to even some NASCAR, if you could put together a big conglomerate and then 
put some light under the fire of manufacturers when it comes to the whole auto world in this Colorado uh, you know, arena, you may have a chance. In its current configuration at the convention center, it will die. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I would agree. I've said for years that it should have been up at the old merchandise mart. They had much bigger, they had larger space, more area, more parking, and, and it would have been cheaper to put on up there. Yeah, that's the, by the way, that's the other issue that the manufacturers have is the sheer cost of coming isn't worth it to their in their world. Yeah, probably. So, anyways, no, great, great comments, by the way. All right, thanks, guys. No, thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. Uh, Russ, Cheyenne, Craig, hang tight. We'll come right back. Don't go anywhere. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Take advantage of Geno's Auto Service specials this month. Get all four of your tires rotated, and we'll do a complete brake inspection for only $29.99. Tires are expensive, and by rotating your tires every 5,000 miles, you will get longer life and even wear. You can also take advantage of Geno's $79.99 four-wheel alignment special. Potholes seek out your tires just about wherever you drive. Coming out of the winter months, your tires and suspension can have damage from icy roads and potholes. With a four-wheel alignment, you'll get better handling and longer tire life as well. We back up all our work with the Napa Nationwide Peace of Mind Warranty. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. We're AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon in Littleton. We invite you to check out all our Google reviews. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Genos with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop, and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents, so put this number into your phone. 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Napa A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, 
Yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Jeff Kitty, Larry Unger, and Charlie Grimesden. I have not, Jerry, if you're up in Greeley still listening, I've not gotten into the difference in the pay structures at dealerships. Uh, I will, and it could even happen in the independent shops as well. I will get to that. Never fear. As soon as we get a little break here, I'll get to that. So it's still in my notes, and I will get to that here at some point. Russ and Cheyenne, you're next. Go ahead. I don't know where you belong, though. I've never seen them before, so... Russ, are you there? No. I'm mean, just guessing he probably wiggled out of it, and that's how he got out. All right. So there's uh, Larry. When Russ is done with his other conversation, we'll get to him. Craig, you're next. Go ahead. Hi, John. Welcome back. Hey, thanks, sir. Hey, uh, do you really think that CDOT's underfunded? Yes. Yeah. If you look at the lane miles that we have in Colorado that, that CDOT is supposed to take care of, and you look at their budget, and you look at what RTD has as a budget, and the fact that CDOT's budget is less than RTD's, that alone tells me that it's underfunded. Now, do both organizations spend money on things they shouldn't? Absolutely they do. And CDOT also spends money in places that it shouldn't. But when you look at what a per lane mile cost is to either resurface or put in a new mile of road, Russ, or uh, Craig, you look at what we need to do there, and you look at just the two, what is their budget, $2.3 billion or something? Yeah, we're underfunded. Well, I know that at one point they said, you know, because vehicles were getting better fuel mileage and that there were more electric cars, that gas tax revenues were down, which is the primary financing uh, part of uh, fixing the roads, correct? Isn't that where most of their money comes from? A lot of it comes from us as a budgeted item from the state itself out of the general fund. And then, yes, there are, of course, gas tax funds that comes back in. And to your point that, yes, vehicles have been getting better, you know, better mileage. And, you know, EVs do pay a little bit back into that fund when they do their registration. But it's not near as much as what you would be paying if you were buying fuel. Well, when I heard that they wanted to spend CDOT funds to build the infrastructure to put charging stations along Colorado scenic byways, I thought, that's the limit. If your EV does not have the range to get you from point A to point B where the charging stations are in the little communities, I do not want to see power lines strung all along these scenic byways up in our mountains. You know, some of the most beautiful scenic drives in Colorado. I don't know. Do you want to see power lines? They And they won't, they won't do that, by the way. This is the ironic thing about all this, Craig. Most of those power stations that you are 
talking about will be run off of a generation station probably nearby that is literally a propane, natural gas, or diesel-fired generator that will be on demand to actually charge those cars in those remote areas. They will not run lines to them. Well, again, why is Which is really stupid if you think about it. Okay, if if you think that what maybe ten percent of all the cars on Colorado's roads right now are electric, not even that not, high. No, it's less than okay. that. I think I think Colorado sits around five or six percent. Don't quote me; I haven't looked at the numbers of late, but it's less than ten percent. So why is it up to the rest of us to uh, subsidize? Shouldn't be electric car owners. Shouldn't be to be able to drive these scenic byways. Should not be. And, and really quick, I did the math too. I just wanted to make sure that I was correct. I knew it was a million bucks. It's actually higher now. It's $1.25 million to resurface, mill and resurface a four-lane road. So a four-lane road is $1.2 million per mile. So do the math, Craig, on how many lane miles in Colorado we have and how far that goes when our budget's only $2.3 billion. And keep in mind, we have a fair amount of snow removal and things we have to do throughout a year. So, no, we are not funded enough. Well, like John from Cheyenne said, a lot of the highways in Colorado are in good condition that are you know, maintained by, let's say, county jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. It, now, aren't there federal funds included with state funds to maintain the interstate? Because yes. those are Okay, what are they doing with that money? Well, I think in Colorado, in my opinion, I'd have to look at the I'd have to look at CDOT's budget, you know, line by line, and kind of see how they're doing it. But my guess would be the way CDOT's doing things and the way our state government is handling it is we're taking all the money that would come in from the feds, and then we are subsidizing ever so slightly whatever we need to above that to get to the whatever you know two and a half billion dollar budget CDOT has. That's how I'm guessing they do it, Craig. Well, I and as a state, by the way, we have more money that we could allocate towards CDOT, but we're spending it on stupid things like free kindergarten. Well, again, you know, sorry, I, I just drive- being, being, I'm picking on one thing that came to the top of my mind. There's multiple others, Craig, but yeah, we're spending money on stupid things that don't really matter at the end of the day. Lane miles do, but if your well, goal as a governor is to reduce driving. And therefore, de-incentivize people to get behind the wheel. What better way to do it than to underfund our roads? Well, I don't know, but the Interstate 70, east of the new construction area, from Tower Road all the way to Bennett, there is no excuse for having roads in that kind of condition. It's awful. It's, it, the roads junk, Craig, as you know. Oh, and you know, it's gotten to the point where I, I don't see why anyone would want to drive a passenger car anymore. I know. It's like if you don't. If you don't have a light-duty truck or a you know a fairly heavy-duty SUV, you don't even want to be on those roads because of the damage it's doing to your vehicle. Correct. Correct. And are we getting compensated? Are we getting? Is there any way that we could start a class action against the state of Colorado for damage done to our vehicles because of their poor maintenance? No, nope, can't mean, sue. You can't sue governments, so no. Well, I. You know, if, if they're misappropriating the funds, if they're using well, you'd have to you'd have to prove others. fraud to go that route. Well, I tell you, it's just it's to the point where I don't even want to drive a car. I agree, and, and by the way, I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. Just suing the state—that's a—that's something most even even some of the most unscrupulous lawyers out there would probably never attempt. Well, I, I tell you, it's just it, there's no excuse for having roads in that yeah. kind of agree. condition. Just remember I mean, it when it comes to election day. Yeah, then yeah, Craig. Thank you. This is where we tell the friends and family and people that complain about these things that elections have consequences. Yep. This is one of them. Well, I'll tell you. You know, there's other talk show radio hosts 
in this town that are talking about the same thing. It's getting everybody's attention, and I think more and more people are getting pissed off about it. Well, and, and by the way, Craig, why in the world we as a re- – sorry, you guys all know me. I'm a conservative Republican. There's no denying that. Why our party didn't run on some of these points, Craig, is beyond me, but we didn't. To me, these are well, universal they- talking points. Well, the, the Democrats always, again, we're, I'm making this political, but they always want to push the mass transit. You know, I was over by the light rail station off of, like, Grandview Avenue in, in, Colorado, in Arvada right. area. That thing was running empty. The, they yeah. are, they are, I was there yesterday. They're mostly empty, Craig, yes. They all do. Yes. And, and it's like we... Even the course, A-line our, out to the airport is mostly empty. That was RTD funds, Correct. Yes. Now, keep in mind, in defense, I hate defending RTD, but in defense of RTD, there is a certain amount of money, grants, et cetera, that come in from the federal government that they don't have any choice but to spend on some of those lines. So the bottom line is you're going to have them whether you want them or not. And even if you're running RTD, you're going to have to do it, even if you're a conservative, because it's mandated by the feds. Well, if we had had half the money they spent on the light rail systems, put into our roads we'd have the nicest roads no doubt just remember in colorado rtd is a tax district that is paid for out of sales tax dollars that was agreed upon back in 1969 and it is completely separate from cdot yep well i again i I don't disagree with you that that they'd want us off the roads they would let the roads get in such disrepair that you you want to do something they would just as soon have it look like a third world country where you need a four-wheel drive to go from a to b but that's that's not the reality for a lot of us. I mean, I know no mass transit to my job. No, most of us can't do that, Craig. So you yeah. know, it's, it's people, not feasible. And again, when you get back to the, uh, we're starting into that uh, recreation season. People pulling boats. Yep. People pulling RVs. You're driving RVs, pulling campers. You you're driving on those same roads. And again, you know the damage that can be done to those as well. I yeah, mean, it's like. Agree. It's going to take a boiling point, I guess, as far as people going, okay, we need to go down to the Capitol and have. And, you know, I, I continue to never get a response from my state legislator to bring up these points. That's not a, that's not a shock, Craig. So, okay. Love guys, you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it very much. Russ and Cheyenne, are you back, Russ? Yeah, sorry. That's all right. No worries. I was, uh, I was dealing with a German Shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> he was sneaking out, was he? Uh, well, it wasn't mine. He was trying to get in my truck. Oh, there you go. Gotcha. Okay, good, good one. Um, the uh, you know, I got the treat of coming from um, Kansas into Colorado, and uh, you can definitely tell where the state line is at. Yes, it is. Yes, uh, it is dramatic. definitive in the pavement. You don't even need a sign that says "Welcome to Colorado, Russ." The road will tell you yeah. that. You you literally can feel the difference. That's right. Across the uh, the border. That's right. And you know the problem, like with us, you know we have a lot of highway too. Um, we do our best to try and keep it, you know, um, as passable as possible. You know, we, we obviously have issues, but we're not trying to subsidize a mass transit system that nobody's paying for. Correct. You know, if your mass transit system actually had people riding on it, you wouldn't have to subsidize it. Correct. Um. The other problem you have is, you know, you guys have lottery funds. And so you can now in our state where we're pulling funds out of things because lottery funds cover that. And then when lottery funds don't cover that, you have a shortfall. 
Um, and so instead of setting it up to where you guys have a minimum amount of money that each department has to have, and then from that, um, you know, you have that excess funding, it, if you have that shortfall in lottery funds, then you have a shortfall in funding. Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we, we are doing so many things, Russ, as you know, on, on a governmental basis here in Colorado when it comes to transportation. We, uh, the other thing, too, that's happened in Colorado, we have branded transportation all means, including walking, which, in my opinion, is not transportation. You know, we've, we, we've rebranded everything, uh, really, to not even have anything to do with the automobile, but to have it to do with trains and bikeways and walkways and this, that, and the other. You know, the movement of people rather than cars, automobiles. And, and well, in turn, we're funding the wrong things. And we're starting to see that here. Like, we have our Greenway. And so that Greenway gets, I mean, now granted, it does get federal funding for that Greenway. Um, but when we get snow, the first thing that gets cleaned off is the Greenway. Right. Not the roads. We don't worry about the roads. Right. And um, I don't know, it's just one of those deals where when you have somebody that's getting money and somebody in government wants to change where that money goes, you need to look at who was getting the money and then who is going to get the money. Right. Because most of the time, when it comes to politicians, they're filling the pockets of their friends. Well, and here, here of and late, so, and I talked about this during the week here oh, a few weeks ago, uh, Russ. When it comes to RC dot head here and the the in you know the the ineptitude that's going on inside of C dot right now, the audits that are even bringing forth the behind the scenes deals with contractors and the like. We have got so many problems in C dot right now in Colorado. It, it we need a complete change of leadership, a canning of and a reinstitute of people that really know transportation. Until we do that, it's we're 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 doomed here in Colorado. Doomed. Well. I, you know, they, they had an opening for our head of our hospital here, and I figured I should apply for that. I know nothing about medicine, yeah. but I'm sure I could be qualified that's to That's kind of like the guy that runs DIA here in, in uh, Denver, Mr. Phillips, uh, you know, you, you, Philip Washington. I mean, you, you know as much about uh, air travel as he does, Russ, so you could apply for that job as right. well. I mean, and that's that's the problem is is when you get into positions like that, a lot of times it's political payback. That's it's right. Not oh. Who's qualified? That's exactly right. And then you just end and up so, with you end up with DIA that's never going to be done with construction. Right. Well, and that's how you get people that have, you know, their kids continue on because their parents find them nice cushy jobs. Yep. Yep. And so until you can fix that, you're going to right. just be in the same same swamp. That's right. So. That's right. Okay. All right, man. Good talking to you. Appreciate you, day. Russ. Have a good one. Uh, Gary and Conrad, hang tight, guys. We'll come right back to you. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Kins and Leslie Distributing, your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. You may not realize it, but wintertime can be most dangerous for your air conditioning system. You see, when the air is cold outside, you probably don't realize that your AC system is low on refrigerant. When your AC system is low on refrigerant, it is also low on lubrication. You see, a 10% loss in refrigerant actually represents a 40% loss in the lubricating oil in your air conditioning system. So. It is absolutely critical to make sure that you check your air conditioning system for leaks every single year. 
Any certified repair shop should be able to pressure test your system and check for leaks. And in doing so, you make sure that you always have the proper lubrication for your AC compressor and you never experience those hot, sweltering days without air conditioning. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. But you're not alone. While Paul Leuenberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Leuenberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, You'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Gary in Denver, you're next. Go ahead, Gary. Oh, hi, John. Uh, Maybe you and your listeners could use a bit of good news. Let's hear it. You know, I own a Kia Forte 2015, and, you know, there's been a lot of news about how Hyundais and Kias can be stolen easily using a USB. And um, I just learned that uh, a soft... A software update is being provided by Kia and Forte that basically requires that you have a key in the ignition in order to start, which would eliminate the ability Uh, to start. And uh, the good news is I called my Kia dealer. I called Arapahoe Kia on yesterday, and they scheduled me to come in on Wednesday. In an hour, they can install the update. Good job. uh, for, For any of your Hyundai and Kia, they're not... They're not contacting people with letters. They didn't contact me, but be proactive and yes. call your dealer and yes. get the update. Great, great point, Gary. That's a great tip. Yes, those of you that are Kia Hyundai owners, get that done quicker than you know, sooner than later is what I should say, Gary. Yeah, it's better than one of those silly steering wheel locks. That's right. That's right, Gary. So, a little good news, good. and uh, good. you know, listening to all the the bad news about anything related to government makes my headache. So, uh, 
anyway, thanks for the show. You bet, Gary. Appreciate you very much. Thanks for listening, and yeah, good uh, good news there on that end of things. Conrad, you're next. Go ahead, Conrad. Yeah, you know me, John. Don't get me fired up about mass transit and government <laughs> blowing money on stupid projects, but that's really not what I called about. But anyway, you guys are so right on about everything you're saying. I mean, you see those light rails going by all the time, two or three people riding on them, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous. But what I called about was, listening earlier, and you were talking about your uh, badass pickup that you have, and that Ford's going to come out with a Raptor with a V8 in it. Do you have any more information on uh, that? They, they, they've been talking about that on the press end of things, where they're going to do a, you know, sort of what the Shelby Raptors have been, you know, where where they've... You know, done some upgrades and, and, and such to them, and as always, the factory looks at those things and you know how many of those are getting sold in the aftermarket, if you would, and what can we do on our uh-huh. end. And so, uh, yeah, the rumor is that they will be. I think it's 2024. They're going to be offering a full V8 version of the Raptor, similar to what they did at one time, only with much more horsepower to compete with the TRX. You, what's what's how many liter how many cubic inch do you know how big that will that be? I don't know I don't I don't know that I've read any of the specs on what they're going to do as far as the V eight I, I you know if it's if five liter I don't know I didn't look at that Conrad that'd be cool my you know I love my F one fifty but she's getting a little long in the tooth and might be about the right time for me to try something like that I've always thought those are really cool so anyway I think uh, they're going to call it in fact it may already be out it's a, I believe it's a I'm looking it up because I, I'm not a Ford guy, as you guys all know, so I don't keep up on the Ford end That's of right. things like I probably should. It's the Raptor R, uh, 2023, they're out now, F-150, Raptor R, 700 horsepower, so it's right in line with the TRX, 5.2-liter wow. supercharged V8. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to the Shelby Museum out in Vegas. I never have. Think, it's uh, one of those things on my bucket list. I just need to do it. You've got to do it, man, because, you know, last time we were out there, we, we went there, and they, they'll take, like, one of those pickups like you're talking about, or a Shell, or a Mustang, and they do all kinds of cool stuff, whatever you want done to it, trick out the engine, put on different lift kits and tires and wheels. It's, it's really awesome. Next time you're there, check it out. I'll do that. And, and I don't know, I, this is something, again, not being a Ford guy, I don't know what the Raptor R's or even, I guess I could have looked, I mean, I don't know what their selling for uh, i'm guessing they're going to be similar to what the you know trx's are which is somewhere in that 90 to 100 grand price range i'm guessing yeah that was going to be my next question what they're going to imagine they're going to be pretty expensive most of the dealers are probably up charging that as well so even though you may see a list price of x they're not going to sell for that All right but yeah they're out now you can you can buy 2023 raptor r right now I've not looked at any of the videos on the comparison between one versus the other, by the way. And um, and I've driven a lot of Raptors in the past, even some of the early V8 ones and then the EcoBoost V6 ones, which my problem with the Raptors have been that V6 engine and just what it is yeah. in a Raptor. I just, I don't know, Conrad, I just, the sound and all of that. And they work very well. I'm not being, not bashing anyone that owns one by any means. It's just in my world, they just don't seem to go together. That's the way I feel. And that's when, when they start putting V6s in, I lost my interest in them. But then you told me they're going to put this V8 in there, so that's they are doing it now. And, really and again, awesome. I don't I don't know if you can even, you know, I'm guessing you can buy one now. There's some listed, you know, for sale on the internet right now. As I'm looking, what they're selling for actually at the dealership, I, you'd have to call around, Conrad. I don't know. Sounds good. Well, I'm really glad you're back, man. Appreciate you, man. Hope you As enjoy, always. Hope you enjoyed your vacation. Take I did. Care, buddy. Thank you, Conrad. Appreciate that very much. Let's go to Mike in Arvada. Mike, you're up. Go ahead. Hey, John. Um, let me run a scenario by you. Sure. 
uh, it's super sad with with Vandermeer. I mean, that place is just uh, yep, just the ultimate uh, agree old race track. You know, um, I've been there, been there at the great Scotchman show, uh, the drive-in, and then uh, a bunch of other times. To me, I, I agree with you on the feasibility of uh, John hanging on to that. If nothing else, just uh, playing the playbook that the these Uber Lib morons are uh, trying to push through. If you're looking, at, if we're looking at ten, fifteen years down the line, his aunt, his uh, kids take carrying on with the track, and in, in, invariably, electric cars are going to be in there doing drags eventually. Yeah, well, there already are. There was already some of those out, by the way. Okay, well, and it'll be even more so. Is he going to have? Is he going to put in the investment, or is his his kids put in investment to upgrade the electrical charging? capability for uh if say uh, uh mile high nationals i don't think so that, that's just a monstrous charge in cost to uh to a small business yeah and and so, the way that that works too for everybody listening i do know this is a fact the way the mile high nationals works as far as bandamere they literally rent the track back to nhra for that particular event they have nothing to do with the day-to-day operations through that particular event the track is rented to nhra they come in do Mahai high nationals in a way they go now that doesn't mean that they don't make money and they don't have some input and so on and even to your point mike some of the infrastructure and so on but you, you know you're bringing up a great point i mean and i think let's face it I, i'm not trying to bad mouth bandamere at all that I, I would never do that great family i've known them for years my dad uh, even before the racetrack existed, bought parts from uh, John Sr. So you know, yeah. my family and theirs has a long, long history together, so I'm by no means bashing them. But I think, Mike, they also know that if they're going to stay on the hill and do more entertainment-wise, they have to also spend some money on upgrades to the facilities itself to attract those kind of individuals to come. And as a family, when you've got potentially you know an offer on the table to just cash you out versus doing what I just said, I, I would be no different than them at this point. I'd take the money and run as well. Oh, uh, that's why I totally concur. It's you know, it's just, it's just app. It's just, uh, it's numbers. It's number crunching. It's, and, and, and again, and I just want to be careful too. That as you know, know, we as you know, especially conservatives, when you look at this and we kind of start you know bashing the not in my backyarders. Well. Let's let's face it, Mike. It's the not in my backyarders that have pushed the price of the land and everything around them to the point to yep. where it is now feasible for them to cash out and cash in on the American dream and go do something else. So in in a way, yes, it's very sad that this is happening, but it's also should also be a celebration of the fact that they can now sort of put a, a you know icing on the cake of sixty five years plus of doing that. And, and the other side of that is is that you got to respect their decision. Correct. Because they're the ones that have to put it on the line. Correct. Yeah, I, I, it's totally true, totally true. Yeah, I, I've got an example. My dad was, uh, you know, we're born and raised Coloradans, and uh, my dad lived on the east edge of Aurora when uh, Sable Road was a dirt road, uh, mm. Chambers was yeah. a dirt road. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, two and a quarter dead ended at Mississippi. They didn't complete it to the dam until, uh, yeah, about two or three years later. And I, I've seen that. And my dad got out with the getting was good. He, he didn't, he wanted elbow room. So he moved on and, and I could see the same scenario for the band of mirrors. Um, you know, I just, I like I said, I, I wanted to go on a goofy ass liberal scenario of, uh, EVs are going to save the, save the world. And it, it, it related to uh, drag racing, it's not feasible anyway. No. Uh, one last thing I wanted to run by you, and just this is how my mind's working. Snowy day, trapped, sure. cabin fever. 
Uh, I want to get you guys' opinion on uh, with. Uh, I know the Camaro is going to be obsolete here. Twenty four is the last year. Uh, they just cha- the Challenger is a going uh, is gone. It'll be gone it'll after be gone. this year, I Probably believe. Must- Mustang once you know with Mustang, the they're still going to keep they're going gonna- on it. In fact, they've got the the new Mustang that they've actually uh, you know sort of redesigned, and it looks by the way a lot like a current Camaro, Mike, which is very interesting. But no, I, the Mustang is going to continue on. Give give Ford credit. I yeah I hope, but I don't see you know that's that EV one. It really is the Mustang, but it does have the name, and I could see eventually. Maybe they'll, they'll be prolonged a little more so, of course, than the Camaro. Well, no, they're, they're going to have a regular full-bore, you know, gas-powered Mustang. It's already on the books, slated for 2024. Uh, in fact, the, the looks of the car are fabulous. So, no, I mean, they're going to have a regular gas-powered, fast Mustang. Yeah, I, I just am very doubtful about, you know, they keep this this herd mentality well for how long yeah that that's you bring up a great point there mike how long will that last um again by the way i think ford's very smart they're looking at this saying guys i I think chevrolet i I think uh you know what you guys are doing over at stellantis i think you guys are crazy there's a market for these cars people will buy them if they're done correctly uh and by the way ford's going to really cash in because nobody else is going to have it that's true that's true yeah We'll see. They'll detune, and, and it'll probably be a rerun of the early seventies. They'll detune. They'll screw them. They'll they'll fatten them up or, or something. You know, it. But that's auto, American automakers' mentality a lot of times. You out of those, uh, you know, out of those three, probably the prime, you know, primary modern supercars, quote unquote, muscle cars. Um, would you, you know, if a person could afford it, you know, take a little HELOC or a second mortgage, whatever. Do you have an opinion on uh, grabbing, say, a five, six, seven-year-old Stang Camaro Challenger? If you buy a Hellcat Challenger, those are the, the, the Hellcat Challengers, I think. Or you know, I bought a a, a Z car, you know, a, a Camaro. Uh, kind of thinking along the same lines. Any of those, you know, supercharged, high horsepower. Doesn't matter whether it's the Shelby, whether it's a Camaro ZL1, whether it's a Challenger Hellcat. If you can pick up any of those, Mike, I think those will be the cars that are worth money down the road. Yeah, it, it, and you're, you're saying you don't think the uh, normal run of the mill uh, Stang or a Camaro or a. Uh, I think they will you know, be worth have... some money, but not what the high horsepower ones will be. No. Yeah, I, yeah, that I guess that makes sense. Yeah, you look at uh, Makem and uh, Barrett, and it's it's usually the premiums, the Shelbys, the Yankos, yes. the kind of the specialty. Yes, and the, and, and the other thing is, it's just horsepower. supply and demand. There's not yes. as much supply for those cars. They didn't build as many. It's yep. going to be the production numbers that Correct. make them valuable. Yep, and just in the, the low production of them. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. One last one. Uh, how are you liking your mid-engine vet? Uh, I actually don't have that car any longer. I I uh, sold oh, that man. car and upgraded. <laughs> Let's just say it that way. Upgraded, boy. That's that's good for you, man. I can't hardly. That, that, I mean, it, actually, in the last fifty years, that's probably the biggest uh exotic car quote-unquote bargain in the history of car i agree car production, i agree I and and you, you know, know did i i mean did i uh do i miss not having it because i actually took three cars and went to one um and so it you know made a big upgrade if you would and uh you know do i miss it yeah I, i've got my name in for a z06 will i ever see one highly doubtful but we'll see who knows mike well for sure for sure well good on you man that's uh, yeah, as long as you stay a gear ahead and you, you know you got something that's fun and uh, you know oh, you're I not. Do. Uh, 
that's cool. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Hey, uh, uh, thanks for letting me run some of my. You're very uh, no. You're very welcome, Mike. No, appreciate you calling in, Mark and Wiggins Lee. You guys hang tight. We'll come right back. Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. No one likes to be that person. You know the one stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy. And make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555 or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679 and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. All right, we are back, and Mark from Wiggins is next. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, good morning. Great show, guys. Thanks. I love listening to all the calls yeah. coming in. Um, so I got a praise report for a shop that you guys actually recommended off air, and that is uh, Auto Taylor in, in, uh, in Greeley. Uh, great. Yeah, great guys. So yep. the, I've got a 1991 Chevy Suburban that has front and rear air conditioning, which they had actually worked on a couple years ago. 
and then it started to, I guess, develop a leak over time, and then and then last fall it just quit. So I thought, well, I don't really need it for the winter time. I know it helps with the defrost because that's what um, gets the defog out. Anyway, so I, th- I thought I'll just wait till spring, take it in, have them check it, fix whatever's going on, and, and off we go. So this last week, my wife and I take two vehicles. I drive it. It runs fine. The only thing that's not not functioning at this time was the air conditioning. Uh, I park it and then leave them the keys so that they can work on it the following day. Mm-hmm. The following day, I get a call later in the afternoon saying, oh, well, we haven't even been able to work on it because it won't start. Oh, no. And I'm like, what do you mean it won't start? I, I mean, it, it ran fine. Nothing wrong with the batteries. brand new batteries. So what's going on? They said, well, we think that the distributor has failed. And I'm like, what are, you, are you kidding me? Like literally in the parking lot since I pulled it in there? And they're like, well, it's getting no spark, and therefore the distributor has failed. I thought, wow, this this is frustrating. It almost seems like baloney. But I know it's a machine. It can fail. Right. Yes, it can right. fail like that. It can, yep. So I said, okay, well, let's go ahead and, you know, John Rush is always talking about brand-new parts, so let's get brand-new parts and, and go down that road and, and let me know what you find. So the order part takes another day. They get it in, they start working on the AC, they get the AC fixed, but the engine's running terrible. And so they call me back and said, hey, how well was this thing driving? How often do you drive it? Um, I said, well, it's it's a, a daily driver, but it's not a primary vehicle. So I do drive it often, but not every day. Uh, and the only thing that wasn't working correctly was air conditioning. The engine ran fine. I mean, a couple years ago, it started developing a little knock, but that seems to have gone away on its own, which is great. Um, but they said they could not at that time figure out why it was running so badly. And I thought, that's so strange that I brought it in. It ran fine. The only thing that was not working was the air conditioning. So I said, well, we'll, we'll keep digging around and, and see what we can find out. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's like solid plugs. But the plugs only have like 8,000 miles on it. Maybe it's a filter. Again, it doesn't have that many miles on it since a lot of this other maintenance mm-hmm. has happened. So he calls me back uh, yesterday, actually, and says, we got your Suburban all ready to go, done, and uh, ready to come pick it up. And I'm like, really? Wow. Well, what happened? What would you find? So he said, well, we're part of a, an organization or program that, like, kind of like a, a commenting section for maintenance that, that can diagnose trends. And what they found out was that when replacing a distributor that you have to uh, disconnect all the grounds and re re uh, you know polish the grounds from the engine and and the alternator and all the other grounds connecting that system in order to reduce uh, I guess the resistance to the grounding in order for the distributor to function correctly, which he didn't really understand and I don't understand, but it fixed the problem and so i just wanted to shout out thank you so much for sending me to that shop first off and second off that they were able to figure that out because there's no way i would have on my own been able to figure that out yeah and it probably with the other thing you didn't mention is normally when that's all done on a new distributor like that on that vehicle there's some computer things you need to do at the same time as well yep. which i'm guessing they also did and and by the way a lot of the in our shops in the in our in our group here on Drive Radio, they are a part of that same network you're talking about, Mark, so they all have that same access, which it's a great community, by the way. It's very good, and and I'm glad that, you know, I've tried to, over the years, stop trying to pretend like a 
maintenance or a mechanic because I'm not. I shade tree mechanic at best and, and you know, just do my own, mm-hmm. own oil since I've been doing it since I was 15 years old. But anything other than that, I'm not going to work on anymore. Sure. I just I don't want to do it. I'm not good at it. Uh, I'm not proficient. Um, and and I usually screw it up anyway and have to take a shop. So I've learned, just don't even do that anymore. Just take it to a reputable <laughs> shop that, you know, that you guys recommend. There you go. And, uh, well, I, I appreciate there, that. So. i gotta, I got to run to the top of the hour. Mark, as always, appreciate you, man, very much. And I'll let you go. Lee, on breaks, hang tight. Kyle down in Dallas as well. You got some comments for us. We'll come and take both of you guys uh, here at the top of the hour. Come back and take both of you guys as a – as our first callers here at the top of the hour. And I will, as soon as I'm done with Lee and Kyle, talk about the difference in that dealership world, the different rates and so on. I'll explain that as well. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.